You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. For those of you who watch soccer, and I, uh, I'm talking about football, not NFL, uh, football, United States is the only place usually that calls soccer, soccer, it's football. And uh, uh, due to COVID, the Euro 2020 is now being played. So I'm not sure what they're going to do to catch up. But anyways, um, did anyone see the Finland versus Denmark game? Anybody last Saturday? Nobody. Okay, so this is going to be fresh for all of you. It was incredible. There's this guy on the Denmark team. His last name is Ericsson. He's number 10. And he is incredible. He's like one of Denmark's greats. So he is like the top of the top. And uh, they're in the second half of the game. And if you're watching, it's just crazy. He's running and they pass the ball to him. And it like hits his shin. So you think that he just trips, but he literally keels over and dies right on the pitch. I mean, he is heartbeat gone, cardiac arrest, just totally flatlined. And the incredible thing, what medical professionals said that was the potential of saving his life was due to this captain, number four, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not gonna try, but number four, he rushed to his teammate right away. They called out uh, the trainers. That's not the medical staff. That's just the training staff. Uh, um, And so he did something that truly saved this man's life. What did he do? He actually repositioned Erickson in order to be revived. They knew that CPR, they need medical professional. He's in cardiac arrest. He is not breathing. And so what he did is he repositioned them. You can even see he's repositioning his head to open his airwaves, the lines of breathing. Well, he's not breathing. Well, if his airway is closed, there's no way to get oxygen to him. And so this man literally knew that in order to properly revive this man, he had to position him to receive CPR. And that's what they did. The medical professionals gather, and of course the team, they do what any close team would do. They're locking arms, they're praying, they're weeping. Uh, Cause at this point, he's, he's no heartbeat. And so the medical professionals um, basically initiate CPR. They perform CPR and that does not work. So they bring the defibrillator out. And by the way, I know this isn't part of the story, but I just wanna let you know that we have a safety team here at church. If there's ever a cardiac arrest or anything like that, all we need to do is get safety, uh, our safety team. They have lanyards. You can see them all across here. But right by the bathrooms, we have an AED defibrillator device. If you ever need something like that, know that we um, have that. So that's just a side note, but we never talk about it. I wanted to uh, mention it. So they surround them. Once they get the defibrillator in, it shocks Erickson's heart and brings his heart back into, the, back into rhythm. And of course, there's just silence across the field. And then when they started performing the defibrillator, everyone begins shouting 
the whole stadium his name. Not cheering, not anything, just shouting his name to let them know that they are with him. And so they cart him off in such an honorable way to protect him and uh, um, to honor him. They had a Finland flag behind, and uh, it's just incredible. But they walked him off the field breathing because one man positioned him to be revived. It was so important that he was positioned to be revived or else they would not be walking him off the field breathing. And he is doing well. He's still in the hospital, but he is recovering. Sadly, Denmark lost that game. But uh, I think this is so important because when I was watching this on the screen, the Holy Spirit literally stopped everything I was doing and he spoke to my spirit and said, this is what I want to happen to my church. Yeah, you can clap. This is what I want to happen to my church because my church is asleep. They've experienced cardiac arrest. They have my salvation through my son, Jesus, which is irrevocable, but they have gone to sleep. They have stopped breathing my spirit. They have run, ran to, to worldly ways and worldly desires to appease what only the spirit can fill. And I believe that time is running out for us, church. I don't know if that's 10 days, 100 days, 100 years, 1,000 years, I don't know. But we are in the end days, the end times. And we're seeing the signs fulfilled more and more. And what God is doing is he's opening a very small door, a window of time for the church to get those spiritual defibrillators and shocked and ready to go. But I'm calling you through the power of the spirit that has been speaking to not just me, but leaders across this nation. We are being positioned by God to be revived. His revival is here, it's coming. But if we don't allow ourselves to be positioned for God to revive us, I'm not sure where the state of the church in America will be. Do you believe, friends, do you believe this, that the fate of America rests on the shoulders of the church? So if we believe that, that the church is what needs to make the difference, then we need to come to full knowledge that we are passed out cardiac arrest on the field. The church for way too long has been inactive and useless to the kingdom of God. It's because we don't know the Holy Spirit, we don't understand the Holy Spirit, and we haven't given access to the Holy Spirit. And we are dying inside if we don't realize that we need to awaken. And if the fate of America rests on the shoulders of the church and the church is asleep, we've got big problems in America and they're coming, friends. If the church doesn't wake up, it could be too late. And I say that soberly and reverently but we need to understand that the church is the hope for the nation. 
And yet we just have Christians that show up on Sundays and recharge their batteries and they are not living active for the kingdom of God. They're asleep. And I believe that this season in our church is the most crucial season that we will ever experience. And I believe God is calling us to position our lives to be revived. And that is the title of my message today in our Awaken series. We're gonna do the Awaken series till the second week of August. And we're talking solely about what we need in order to be revived. And what we need, of course, for salvation is receiving what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection. We need that for our lives, but you know what? That's not enough to change our world. What? No, we need the power that raised Jesus from the dead to become active within us. He's raised us from dead to life, and so many of us in the church are walking as dead, still in the death, the dead corpse of our flesh. When everyone else is looking to the church for hope, they just find the same thing that the world gives. We have a problem. We have a severe problem in the nation that if the church doesn't wake up, I'm not sure America can be saved. The problem is the church as a whole seems to be asleep. You may not be asleep. You may be awakened and you are all about the kingdom of God. That's good. We need you to fan the flame and lead the charge. Don't be complacent. Don't get discouraged. Lead us, lead us on. But the church as a whole seems to be asleep. Now I'm gonna offend some people and that's okay. Sundays have become weakened, diluted, and drifting towards entertainment. Trying to attract as many people as they come, but they beat the drum of the message saying, you're good just as you are. God loves you. See you later. Hope you have a great life. And we have diluted the grace message. We have abused the grace message. We say that it's okay to live in sin. It's okay to stay with the person that you're living with, sexually active, even though you're not married. It's okay to be addicted and to continue to go back to your ways and watch entertainment that is filling you with junk and the ways of the world, but it's okay, God loves you. He does love you. And he loves you enough that he gave his one and only son to become your penalty and pay your death on the cross by shedding his blood, dying your death. And then he says, you know what? That's not the end. I'm going to raise by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit is what he wants to revive you with. But you have to be positioned to be revived. And Jesus did that on the cross. He positioned us to be revived by the Holy Spirit. We have to come alive. Come alive, dry bones. We have to come alive. But today is all about positioning ourselves to understand the Holy Spirit. But let me finish with the problem. The problem is we don't focus on the Holy Spirit anymore. He's that forgotten God, as Francis Chan says in his book. Preachers don't preach about the Holy Spirit anymore because they're afraid of offending people. 
We have different denominations who believe in different things of the Holy Spirit. And so we're like, oh, so we don't stir the waters and offend or lose people in our church. We're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit for the next seven weeks. Because without the Holy Spirit, friends, you cannot come alive. Jesus paid it all. But we need to understand, and I'm going into next week's message, and that's okay. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is all involved in salvation. But there's so much more after salvation that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Maybe you are freaked out by the word of the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. It's okay, I was too. I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church that abused so much They took the pure nature of the Pentecost that we're gonna look at in this series where the Spirit of God came upon the church. The Spirit of God hasn't left. His purpose hasn't been to just leave and say, bye-bye, see you in eternity. No, he is present and his design for the church is the same, to be saved and bought by the blood of Jesus, but then to be regenerated and revived by the Holy Spirit to come alive. And so many Christians have the, have the salvation, which they have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, but they've done this. It's kind of like every one of you, let's just say instead of vehicles, we had airplanes. Every one of us, you had an airplane for your family and your life. And of course, you want the best of the best airplane pilot. So you pay high dollar for the best pilot to fly you everywhere. You and your kids and your family, it's very important. And so you get the best of the best and you say, welcome pilot. I'm so glad you're here, thank you. My life is in your hands, by the way. And then you take them to the cockpit and you say, I want you to drive my plane, fly my plane. But by the way, there's only three buttons that you can actually touch. And the steering wheel, I really, you're limited on the steering wheel. But by the way, I want you to fly me and land me safely. But look, you can't touch that and you can't touch this. Those are off limits. You can't can't do this. That's what we do with the Holy Spirit. We say, God, take all of me. I want to get baptized. I am, I'm dying to myself. I'm raising up to, to Jesus. Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my life. But Holy Spirit, you can only have this section. Holy Spirit, you can't have what I watch on internet or TV or Roku. That's mine. How I raise my children, that's mine. The literature that I read, that's, that's mine. And yet we want God to fly our plane. And we wonder why we keep crashing. It's because we've told God we want him to be Lord of our lives, but yet we limit what he can have access to. And that needs to change because the Holy Spirit wants to have all of you so that he can do all his plans and purposes in and through you for the kingdom work. You see, the Holy Spirit filling our lives is not for us individually, but it's for us to do the kingdom work that we're going to see. We cannot do anything of supernatural value without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. You with me? You cannot expect your life to show any fruit of the Holy Spirit working 
if you don't depend on the Holy Spirit to do it for you, in you. Of course, you have to be obedient. That's, that's a whole message in of, in of itself. The church has experienced cardiac arrest because we stopped teaching and expecting obedience. Oh, I just want God, but I'm not. Yeah, he's calling me to this. Nah, that's okay. I love Jesus, but that verse where he says, if you love me, you will obey me. Ah, that's for back then, not today. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is a fruit that shows others the Holy Spirit is living and active inside of you. Man, I'm getting off my message. Holy smokes. Christians today, do you acknowledge that there is so much more that God has for the church that we haven't even tapped into? We sense it, we want it, but there is a requirement for the church. It is Ephesians 5.1 says, to be imitators of Christ Jesus to live a life that is pleasing, a fragrance that is pleasing to God. Can I give this to you today? This is the most pleasing fragrance you could ever give God. It is the fragrance of death. You dying to everything that represents sin and this world, burning as flesh, to the Father. That is beautiful fragrance to the Lord. So if we want to see a move of God, you want to see God lead you. Friends, you cannot have one foot inside the church and one foot in the world. It doesn't work. You're either all in the kingdom of God with the spirit of God directing you and filling you and driving you, or you're in the world where you're following the patterns and the, and the, you're conforming to the patterns of this world. Where are you? And I'm hoping that by the end of this series that you will see your desperate need for the Holy Spirit. Times are dark. And Jesus promised that they will get darker and darker as closer and closer it gets to Jesus's return. Time is running out. And there's a parable of the 10 virgins. Five of them were ready for the groom. Five of them were not. And that is a parable, a warning and a caution from Jesus himself to the church. Will we be prepared by being surrendered and submitted to not only the Father, the Word of God, and Jesus Christ, our Savior, but the Holy Spirit to lead and control our lives. Because we don't have much time. The position to be revived, revived is now. There's an organization called the Barna Study, Barna Research, and they do thousands of research that has to do with Christian values and the Christian status of America and the world. And you can find so many studies on there, but they just uh, recently did a study and they said, we want, we want to see how many born again 
believers. When I say born again, they have been, they, they proclaim to be genuinely converted from death to life through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. They believe that they are a new creation, that they don't just say they're Christian, that they identify themselves as Christians. And then the second requirement is that they are regularly involved in a church body, regularly involved. So the study involved thousands of these Christians in our country. And the study showed is how many of them not only believe this biblical worldview, by the way, do you know that we are in the battle of this country and it's not politics? It's not. I mean, it involves it, but our battle here is the world cultural worldview versus the biblical worldview. And Christians are falling on the sword every single day by adhering and devoting to the cultural standards of today. We have made a big mistake in the church the past hundred years. We have allowed culture to shift the church. It always was designed that the church shifts the culture. And I believe that we have a window of time to change that. But here's the biblical worldview that they, they basically say, this is the Christian solid worldview. And they took a study of how many Christians not only believed it, but lived it out. We have Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. That God is all powerful and sovereign and in control. That salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. That's grace. That Satan is real. A Christian has the responsibility to share the faith in Christ with other people. The Bible is accurate in all of its teachings, and I would even say all the way to the Greek and the Hebrew original transcription. The original writings, we have tons of translations and interpretations and paraphrases. I just guide you to go to a solid source that can show you the definitions and the meanings of the different words found in the Greek and the Hebrew. If you really wanna study the word, but the word in its original form is faultless, faultless, shall I say. The Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. And lastly, there are moral absolutes. We live in a culture that believes differently. That as long as you identify with something, that means that you are probably that. I'm not even gonna go there. So they did this study and it breaks my heart. But out of all the thousands of born again Christians, regular attending Christians, only 17% say they truly believe it in a way that it changes how they live. 17%. That is two out of 10 Genuine believers in Jesus Christ today, two out of 10, live this out. You know what that tells me? Believing is not enough anymore. You can believe Jesus Christ died for your sins and was raised again and lives in you. The Holy Spirit is somewhere around you and in you. But believing's not enough anymore. We need to believe it to the point that we allow the Holy Spirit to change the way we live. We have to change how we practice this. 
so many people who don't live this out are dead on the pitch in desperate need, in cardiac arrest, and they need the Holy Spirit or they need someone who has the Holy Spirit living and active inside of them to position them to be revived. We have to, we have to seek the Holy Spirit. And I'm not yelling at you, I am just truly desperate and helpless for the Lord to bring us back to life, to be the church that he designed us to be. Do you believe these to the core that you allow the Holy Spirit in you to change the way you live? We need to be positioned to be revived. A.W. Tozer, about 100 years ago, 100 years ago, some of you would say, oh, 100 years ago, man, our country was full out Christian. Okay, look at this, A.W. Tozer. We may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in God in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produce a cheap and synthetic power. We produce a cheap and synthetic power. The New Testament, I believe in 1 Peter says that we have the form of godliness, but no power. That means we look like a Christian, we talk like a Christian, but there is no fruit of the power of the Spirit working within us. If you've never depended on the Holy Spirit to produce spiritual fruit in you, you are probably exhausted and burnt out to the core and wondering if God has forgotten you. There is nothing you can do in your physical strength to muster what we are called to do as Christians. We need the Holy Spirit to be the pilot of our lives. This is how we awaken and we position ourselves for revival, for understanding the Holy Ghost. Can you go back, Lori? I'm sorry. We have imitated a popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. And so this series called Awaken, the image really speaks to it. Go ahead, Lori. Awaken, based out of John 14, 15, and 17. We'll go there next week. But the purpose of this series is this. The only way for the church to be revived, remember, we have to position ourselves for revived. We may, be, we may be in Christ, we may be saved, and we know salvation's not revocable. God's just not gonna say, oh, they're not living in the ways of the kingdom anymore, they're gone. No, Jesus' blood is enough to cover our sins. Jesus wants to draw us back, but when we're living a life that is not revived in Christ, we are literally going to miss everything that God has for our lives. And guess what? You may make it into eternity because of what Christ Jesus did for you, but you are missing out on all that God has for you in eternity. And you're gonna be held accountable, friends. I'm gonna be held accountable for what I do and how I lead this church. And if we stay asleep, I don't wanna be held accountable for that. 
The only way for the church to be revived is to be awakened to the truth of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I got to go here. The Apostle Paul is not a believer. He's actually an opposer and a murderer and a hater of Christians. He is on his way on the road to Damascus to stir up havoc against the church of Jesus Christ, to go kill more Christians like Stephen and the others. And he meets Jesus on the road. Do you know that Jesus wants to meet you on the road of your horrible, ugliest sin? When you're rejecting him the most, that's when Jesus wants to meet you. And Jesus met him, and he was never the same. It's because he believed upon the Jesus he saw. And Jesus made him blind and said to go to this city, and that in a few days he would be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he would be healed and he could see. Even believing wasn't enough. He needed to experience the fullness of God. Then he goes to a church in Ephesus, where there's elders, and he even says, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, who's the Holy Spirit? We don't know anything. He says, well, were you baptized? And they said, yeah. He says, what baptism? I'm not making this up, read. They said the baptism of John the Baptist, which is is positioning us for revival. The baptism of water positions our identity for revival, but the Holy Spirit has something else to say by overcoming us and coming upon us to bring us to life. And so he baptized them with water and then he laid hands on them to where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you have lots of questions, lots of denominational stuff, a lot of things that you went through that were really negative and man-made and some were really positive. I just wanna let you know, Please do not miss a Sunday for the next seven weeks. If you have vacation, maybe you're on the beach, maybe you're you're somewhere, that's fine. You need to download these messages. I can't tell you how important it is. If you miss one message, you are going to be confused and you're gonna wonder what in the world do we believe and do we teach? This is so crucial. I am, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I am positioning each one of you right now to be revived. I'm not trying to give a crazy, freaky experience. I'm trying to bring the truth of who the Holy Spirit is, his role and his function in our lives, that he doesn't want us to be asleep anymore. He wants us to be living and active, charging the gates of hell, making a difference for the kingdom of God. Hezekiah in the Old Testament says it best. Nothing that the Lord desires to do in us is by power. It's not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. It's not by might. It's not by our power, but by his. Now, can we all say it? It's not by might. It's not by our power, but it's by his spirit, Holy Spirit. And so I wanna leave you, the next five minutes, I wanna leave you with two points to revive us. I'm not going we're not, I mean, we, we, we just can't put everything about the Holy Spirit into one message. Honestly, we can't even do it in seven weeks. But we're going to try. I am so tired of the church being paralyzed through even disagreement. We may even disagree on some of the things we say, and guess what? That's okay. 
That's okay. As long as you're seeking the face of the Lord and you're seeking Jesus in your life and you're giving Holy Spirit permission to move in your life, I'm good. And friends, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna speak honestly to you. I always do, so I don't even need to say that. But if you are living a life with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God, I don't want you to feel condemned and I don't want you to feel embarrassed and I don't want you to feel like we're judging you because we are not. But I am gonna do everything within the breath of my lungs to wake you up. Because it's my job as the shepherd of this pastor is to give you the greenest, freshest pastures for you to reside. And that only comes not only from the teaching of the word, not only a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit being active in you. That's gonna look different for you than it is for you and for you and for you. And it's not for you, it's for the building of the church. This is so crucial. And I believe that this is gonna change the culture of who we are as a church. I'm not teaching denomination stuff. We're non-denominational for a purpose. Okay, so the first point I wanna leave with you today is the call to awaken, a call to understand our desperate need for the Holy Spirit. As I read this, this is Jesus before he leaves the earth in his resurrected body to his disciples. This is the most famous, important words to the church. And you tell me after I read this, what is our requirement in order to fulfill this? I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The first is to go. Wherever you are at, go. Stop sleeping. Wake up and go. Go and make disciples. And now baptize them in their identity by water and by spirit. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, why did you say baptism of the Spirit? Because this word says it. Baptizing the Father, you're baptizing the Son, and you're baptizing the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples the word of God. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Would you all agree with me that we need Jesus in order to accomplish this? Okay, where is Jesus right now? On the right hand of the Father. You mean he's not in my driver's seat? You mean he's not in the passenger seat of my car and when I'm in church and I get the goosies and I feel, you mean that's not Jesus? Well, it is but it's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. Jesus says, if I don't go, the world will not know me because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And with everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am with you even to the ends of the age. The Holy Spirit is with us and we cannot do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to get back to our vision of making disciples, real people, finding real hope in Jesus Christ, connected to real relationships, making real disciples and experiencing real life change through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand 
that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead wants to reside and be active in every believer. The next thing that I want to just leave with you as a primer for this series. My son, he, he plays cards game, card games with my, my dad and my mom, and he developed this phrase. They say, oh, man, Joseph, you're doing good. You're, you're stinking us. And he says, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and I tell you, this series... When you connect and you start to become teachable and moldable and you understand for the first time what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through your life, you're gonna, he's gonna say, you ain't seen nothing yet. And church, I'm prophesying over the church here at Elevation Community Church, everyone who's watching live stream. When we start to get ignited to the power of the word of God through Jesus Christ that lives within us and we submit, we die to the Holy Spirit, you ain't seen nothing yet. We need to be positioned to be revived. We need to be positioned to be revived. In Acts, right before Jesus was ascended to the heavens, he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. What's the gift? The Holy Spirit. So basically he's saying, look, the commission I just gave you, the great commission, don't go do that right now. Because if you go to do that, you're not doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will ruin yourselves. Maybe a word for some of you, you have been trying to create the fruit of the spirit, trying to share your faith with others, and yet you haven't tapped in or relied or depended upon the Holy Spirit. And you're exhausted and you're even wondering if God is real because you haven't experienced him. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let anyone tell you, sensationalists, and tell you that the Holy Spirit has left and not for today, you can't find it anywhere scripturally. The Holy Spirit may look different in our culture and today and find different approaches and ways that he did in Acts. And it may look different for you than it does for me or you or you. But to close ourselves to the Holy Spirit just because we may not understand him fully is the worst, most dangerous thing we can do. The next scripture right after that, 7 to 11, is you will receive power. I wanna ask you as I read further, what is this power for? And then I gotta go quickly. Ben, you can come on up. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. For what? for godly living, for prosperity, wealth, and healing and power. Maybe, but that's not what it says here. It says that you will be my witnesses. You will suffer for the gospel of Jesus. That you will die so well that your flesh is a stench to God that is so pleasing to him. That you give access to the Holy Spirit in everything you do throughout that you would tell people everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. 
You see, if they weren't obedient and took Jesus's commands to go wait and pray in the upper room, this would never have happened. We would never be experiencing church today. We would probably never have heard the gospel of Jesus if they weren't obedient to Jesus. And so I ask you today, are you willing to be obedient to what Jesus says? If you have not experienced God taking hold of your life and the Holy Spirit taking the front cockpit of your life, he's calling you to go and wait on him. Wait on him. If you're a believer and you've been converted in salvation through the work and the person of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. We're gonna talk about this next week and the week following. But again, it's not enough just to believe. We need to give full access to the Holy Spirit to take over. And so I wanna leave you with two things. The first challenge is this. I want you to pray three minutes a day. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to uh, reason with you. You have three minutes each day. I know you're busy. You have three minutes for God each day. We schedule, my wife schedules for us to pay our daycare person every week. I schedule for uh, a TV show I may want and I don't wanna forget or a task that I need to get. You can schedule three minutes a day. And all you need to pray is this, God awaken me through the Holy Spirit and then wait. And I'm not saying you're gonna experience this crazy experience. I'm just saying, seek the face of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to make himself real to you. Seek his face. And then when he tells you something, confirm it in the word of God and then do it. The second thing, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shouting at you. I just, we need to awaken. <laughs> Engage, oh, I'm so sorry, guys, I'm, I went over. Engage in next week's message. I don't say this lightly, be here. Whatever you gotta do, be here. If you're on vacation, be here through live stream. But we can't, we gotta connect. We gotta take this so seriously that we are hungry for God, that nothing else compares, that nothing else matters most than to pursue the face of God and receive all that he has for us because time is short. Amen, let me pray for you, would you stand? Jesus, we want all of you right now. If you want all of him, just raise your hands. If you're uncomfortable, that's even better because we need to embrace being uncomfortable. God, we want more of you. Awaken us right now in your spirit as we worship you, Holy Spirit. Presence of God, we invite you to come and meet with us. We give you all that we have. We give you all that we are. Come and consume us, God. All that we are, we give you permission. Our life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now worship in a way that is is uh, leading you. And I was just gonna say comfortable to you. We're Comfortable is not part of the kingdom of God. We're called to be uncomfortable. And so if you're uncomfortable, we want you to be comfortable to be here, but we want you to be uncomfortable to stretch yourself to be all that God has for you. Amen? Let's worship. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.